0: Welcome to Creator
1: Automation Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about how to build urgency and trust with your content as a creator. With us today is Jack Bourne, who is the founder and CEO of Deadline Funnel. Deadline Funnel helps digital marketers, especially course creators, to make more sales in less time through proprietary technology that assigns a unique deadline that is synchronized with email automation campaigns to create a sense of urgency for each one of your leads. And outside of being a useful tool to convert more sales, Deadline Funnel is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far for Creator Automation Week, Jack and I have discussed building urgency and trust in your marketing efforts. We talked about launches and some of their positive and negative benefits. And yesterday, we talked about evergreen marketing and the difference between evergreen content and your marketing efforts. Today, we're going to continue the conversation focusing on courses and passive income generation. All right, here's the fourth installment of Creator Automation Week with Jack Bourne from Deadline Funnel. Jack, welcome back to Creator Automation Week on the MarTech Podcast.
2: Great to be back.
1: You know, this is the episode that I'm the most excited about selfishly because we talked about why deadlines are important. We talked about how to use launches, how they're great, but then they go away. So you need to build evergreen marketing and evergreen content to make sure your business consistently runs. All stuff which I have a general sense about. And as the host of the MarTech podcast, as a creator, we've built an audience and we found a nice way to monetize it through our sponsorship channels. Thank you for being a sponsor. One of the things that we're trying to figure out is how do we create passive income streams? Instead of me having to constantly sing for my supper and find the Jack Bournes, the deadline funnels of the world to come on and contribute and be a sponsor of the show... How do I do something that just makes money on the side? So it seems like courses are the right income. Talk to me about passive income generation. So if you
2: want to go down that route, I think that you have a really, really interesting opportunity to do just that. There's a lot of different ways that someone with an audience on a podcast or a YouTube audience or something similar could monetize that attention and that expertise, that trust. But one of the things that I think that you're starting to explore in the way that you phrase that question is, is there a way that you can take what you know and share it out with other people that might be interested? And if so, how would you do that? So lots of different people have done it different ways, but here's what I would do. I would take a page out of, again, the Lean Startup book by Eric Ries, very influential in my business. And I would recommend that you start by doing things that don't scale with the intention that down the road, yes, you're going to get to the things that scale, the course that gets sold while you're sleeping, you wake up to see how many sales that you have. But before you get there, what I would recommend is that you have a one-on-one or cohort-based, aka group coaching program, where you would meet with people in the podcasting world who have the problem of, hey, I've got this great audience. If there's only a way for me to monetize my business, in a way that I've never heard it before. So I think that you've got a really interesting message. I think that you solve a problem that a lot of podcasters have, which is, okay, I have this podcast that's growing, but now what? So we talked about doing a launch, you could do A launch to that type of audience. I think it's relatively easy to find communities of podcasters that talk to each other. There are different ways that you could reach out to them, but you really wouldn't have to reach that many if, for example, you wanted to have five to 10 people who were paying you to teach them everything that you know. I mean, behind the scenes in a prior conversation, you shared your screen and you showed me things that I've never seen before that have to do with how you track your podcasting metrics and the way that you run your business and all the different offerings that you have. So in that very short conversation, it became very clear to me that this is something that you know really well, and it's a valuable resource that a lot of people would love to learn. Sure, they could go out and try to learn it on their own, but however many years it took you to get to knowing what you know and the processes and the systems that you have, that's really, really valuable information to be able to save someone that time and the frustration trying to figure it out on their own. So I suspect that if you wanted to go down the route of having initially a group coaching program, I don't think that you would have any problem getting people who are interested.
1: A couple of comments. First off, thank you. That's very kind of you. Those are nice words. Second, we're not as buttoned up as we might seem. And third, I've already got some ideas for courses. So the ideas that I've had are how to go from being an in-house employee to an independent consultant, how to start working for yourself. And building a sustainable business, two, how to create a podcast, and three, how to monetize a podcast. Those are three different cohorts and groups. Now, the question for me is, all right, well, A, I got to figure out which one to do first. That can be probably more of an internal discussion for me of where I want to spend my time and who I want to work with. But then once I figure out, all right, which one of those courses I want to do, what's the process for getting started? Your advice was do something not scalable, go have a group coaching session that you can monetize. So let's say I do that. We go and we create a group coaching session on how to monetize your podcast. And we're focusing on podcast creators. They're relatively easy to find because they're promoting themselves. They're promoting their podcasts. And all right, I charge people $1,000 to sit on this webinar where I walk through my infrastructure and give them the sales pitch and talk to them about what emails we're sending. How do you move that from a one-time marketing event, you're attracting people, you're selling tickets, you're doing a, a more of a discrete event to something that is passively generating income?
2: If we back up for a second, one of the reasons why I would recommend doing it that way is because I believe that doing this high-touch type of event in the lead up to it can give you a lot of information that normally you wouldn't have because you have what we call the curse of knowledge, like things that you have either forgotten that you know or you undervalue what you know or just don't seem like big issues for you because you solved them so long ago. So the way you remove the curse of knowledge, the probably the most effective way, is to ask the people who have either just purchased or who are thinking about purchasing to sign up for this training, what are your biggest questions around XYZ topic? So you could break it up into themes or chapters, or you could just have the general question of, hey, when it comes to monetizing your podcast, and getting people to pay five figures to reach your audience, what are your questions? What are your concerns? You could have a Google Sheets doc or a Typeform doc. You could also have one-on-one very short 10-minute conversations with the people who signed up and bring out from them, hey, where are you with your podcast? What are your big concerns? What are your big questions? So based on that information, that's really going to inform what you're going to build into your training. But it's also going to inform what you're going to build into your coaching program. The recordings from your training Could also be packaged up as a bonus for people who buy your future course. So if you have Q and A sessions, so rather than giving them all of the content, maybe you you take the Q and A sessions, the live Q and A that you do during this high touch session. That could be a bonus that's either included or an extra add on that someone could purchase when they purchase the course. But basically, I would look at the first event that you do as a way for you to gather intelligence and to really inform your messaging so that you can package up your course when you turn that training into a course. So it's really kind of the dress rehearsal for creating your course, because what a lot of people do, and I've made this mistake myself, a lot of people will assume that they know, okay, here's the course I'm going to create. Here are the chapters I'm going to answer. Here's the way that I'm going to frame it. And then you put it out there and it either bombs or you don't have quite the impact that you wanted it to have. And a lot of that comes down to the interaction that you have with the audience and just understanding what is that conversation going on in their mind? What are the obstacles that they're going through? What are their fears? What are their concerns? What do they want to achieve? And how do they describe that? What's the language that they use? So having that interaction with your audience early on to build that high touch group coaching program is really the dress rehearsal for, okay, based on what they told me and based on what I learned and going through and delivering this information, I take all of that information that I learned, and now you're creating that course with all that information. So you're not taking a shot in the dark. It's more like a sniper shot. You've lined up the target. You've got the iron sights all lined up and you know, you're not going to miss because everything is dialed
1: in. So what I'm hearing is you got to practice first. You're going to do your group coaching session. You're going to understand the problems that people have, and then you're going to figure out how to create your course. There is the dynamics of actually creating the course. We just moved to WordPress for our website. I'm sure there's a million plugins for WordPress that are course creations. Uh, I think there's Teachable, Udemy, another course creation platform. How do you figure out where to put your course when you figure out what do you want to create?
2: I have nothing against Udemy. I've bought lots of courses on there and they're typically high quality. But I would recommend for someone with an audience in reach like you have, what I would recommend is that you keep control over your courses. Even if that means using a platform like Teachable, Kajabi, or Thinkific, even though you're sort of renting their software as a place to house your course, you can set the pricing. You can determine, is this going to be subscription-based? You know, how many different offerings are there? Are there bonuses, et cetera? And so you can really determine that and no one's going to come to you and say, okay, by the way, we're running a Black Friday sale this week and your course is going to be offered at 9 $9. From what I understand, that can happen on a platform like Udemy or Udemy, however you say it. So I would maintain control over it. The other the other advice that I would have would be, although there are some people who are big advocates of WordPress and all the flexibility that you have, everything has a trade-off. The trade-off with having that flexibility on building out a WordPress course platform is that now you've got to deal with the updates and the updated plugins and the technology behind that. Whereas with a platform such as Teachable, Kajabi, or Thinkific, what you can do is you can plug into someone else's infrastructure. And yes, you're going to have some limitations on exactly how you're going to be able to display it. But those limitations help you focus on the part that's important, which is being creative and putting that content together in a way which is really going to have a major impact on your clients. And so I would recommend starting there. If you find out, say, six months or a year from now, after you've made lots of passive income from your online course sales that you just feel like you need to have some sort of component, so you're going to move off of that platform onto WordPress, that's the point at which that decision makes sense because now you know that your course sells. You know that you have an audience. You've got your marketing system in place, and all of that is taken care of. Now it's just a matter of how you want to deliver it. I see too many people get super wrapped up in all this busy work of trying to create the perfect platform when they haven't figured out how to reach the audience and how to deliver value in a way that's going to get people spreading the word.
1: I guess the real question here is whether you're building the course yourself, whether you're using an existing platform, once you've got something to say and you know that it resonates with your audience, how do you then go market the course? It seems like there's a million course creators out there all covering all sorts of topics. How do you actually find who your customers are gonna be?
2: It depends on what type of audience that you have, but I think where we started this conversation might've been with people who have influence via podcasts and, and YouTube channels. And so what I've seen a lot of successful creators do with those types of audiences is to create a way to take people who are passively listening to their website. So for example, Chris Williamson is a podcaster that I listen to every so often. He's got the Modern Wisdom podcast. And so, one of the things that he's been talking about that is just recently released is his reading list that he calls 100 Books to Read Before You Die. And so, he's been talking about this, that it's going to be coming out, that the finishing touches are being put on it. So, it's almost like I don't think that he's thinking, okay, this is the pre-launch conversation to get people excited, but that's the effect that it's having. And so people are know that this is coming, and then he's just announced, hey, it's available. And so now he's going to keep mentioning it on his podcast, and this is going to be a way for him to get people who are fans of his and listeners to then go to his website and join his email list. Is he going to lead them therefore to a course? I don't know. But I know that once he has that email list, if he does it well, he's going to be able to cultivate that relationship with them. Tim Ferriss does this with his Five Bullet Friday. And so there's a lot of creators who have an audience on YouTube or on their podcast where what they're offering is some way to get some valuable extra information. You know, it might be an ongoing newsletter or it might be a really valuable download. And that's a way to take people off of, say, the Apple platform, listening to the podcast over to receiving a daily or weekly email from someone.
1: What I'm hearing is that there's an interstitial step. You build an audience, you have some influence, you start to do lead capture, you need a lead magnet. Hopefully for us, it's our weekly newsletter, which we're honestly in the process of rejiggering. And it's going to be a revised weekly newsletter soon with a little bit more utility than the one that we've had. And then once you have contact information people, you can start promoting your products or services to the audience that you've already built. Now, not everybody has an audience and not everybody is a creator. When you're thinking about using courses in different businesses, your B2B SaaS businesses, you know, as a service supplement, what are some of the other ways that other types of businesses outside of creators have used courses, not necessarily to generate passive income, but to generate passive results with their business?
2: so we are first and foremost a saas platform that's how we deliver value and so one of the things that we're in the process of revamping is basically what we're going to call an academy where someone can come and learn about how to build out their lead generation marketing and to do that more effectively so there won't be a fee for that that will be something that someone can get access to even before they become a dolon funnel client but the idea is that in the process of learning from me and from my team some of the concepts behind how to grow a successful creator business from scratch, or how to take something that's already successful and scale it up. Obviously, deadline funnel would be a product placement inside of that, but it's not going to be focused around here's what the click in this part of the admin. It's going to be focused more holistically on how to build your business. So that's the type of thing that very quickly develops no like, and trust, develops authority, And not everyone who goes through that is going to become a client, of course, but it's a great way to segue someone from, I might be interested or not even interested in say deadline funnel or urgency, not even knowing that this could help them, but just wanting to grow their business. But then realizing through the content, oh, wow, I didn't realize that this is something that I could use in 22 different ways for me to be able to scale my business and do it in an evergreen way with authenticity. So that's one way that someone could use a course. So regardless of what you're selling, it doesn't have to be a paid course. It could be a free course that is part of your onboarding process. It could be a free course that is part of your lead generation process. There's a lot of different ways that that could be done.
1: I think of HubSpot and fairly or unfairly, I'm using another sponsor of the MarTech podcast, but to me, they're the best example of using courses and academies and all sorts of other educational content that provide value to their prospects, not just their customers. And to me, this builds what you've been calling no like, and trust. It builds authenticity. It adds value. It builds the relationship with their prospects. And so Well, you know, a creator like me thinking about, well, courses could be a revenue generator. It could be an extension to the business. For the B2B SaaS folks that are out there, I think figuring out how to create a course, what to create, how to add value to your customers also has a value in your business because it can help them build that nurture stage. It can get them to trust you have them think of you as the resource for solving their problems in your area. And then when it's time to make a purchase decision or it gives you the opportunity to upsell them into being your actual customer, then you're the leader in the clubhouse. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jack Bourne, founder and CEO of Deadline Funnel. If you'd like to hear more of Jack and Deadline Funnel's tips for effective creator automation, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss managing CPAs with deadlines. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Jack, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Deadline Funnel. D-E-A-D-L-I-N-E-F-U-N-N-E-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is deadlinefunnel.com.